Who are five defensive players for the Denver Broncos that Broncos fans need to keep their eyes on during OTAs? We're going to dive deep into that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. As well, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news content coverage every single day, all year long. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah OTAs will continue this week for the Broncos Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Media gets access to Thursday's practice, but based on last week in terms of what we saw, it's really important, I think, identifying some players here early on that Broncos fans should probably pay attention to a little bit uh, during OTAs, not named guys like Justin Simmons, Patrick Strain, you know, the obvious guys, but guys who may be, you know, new acquisitions or guys who may be in sleeper roles on this team or guys with big questions coming off of an injury. And that's exactly what we're going to dive into on today's episode of the show, my friends. So, hey, let's dive into the first guy that we talked about here that we're going to bring up on today's show that is Randy Gregory, and he is an important player that Broncos fans need to pay attention to all throughout OTAs. And Sarah, here's the reason why. Because last year, at this point, Randy Gregory was not able to participate. We didn't get to see Randy participate much in training camp due to having the shoulder surgery. He's on the field. And I'll tell you what, Sarah, he looks good out there doing some of his pass rush stuff. And just from the size, how, how tall he is and how wide he is in terms of his wingspan, Randy Gregory could be in for a big year if he could stay healthy. The Broncos need a career year out of Randy Gregory in 2023, don't they? Because we saw last offseason they prioritized him amongst a number of really prominent pass rushers in free agency. They picked Randy Gregory as their number one target. And that's fine as long as there's you know stuff on the field to back that up. And so we saw in the first couple of games of the season, Randy Gregory was getting after it. He was using his length. He was forcing fumbles. He was doing some good things. And then... Unfortunately, that thing that we talked about all last offseason, remember, is he going to play even close to a full season? How many games are you really going to get out of Randy Gregory? Remember, dating back to his time with the Cowboys, there's questions about injuries and suspensions and this, that, and the other. Kind of feel like he's past the part where, you know, the suspension thing is really a prominent issue. It's not anymore. But Cody, the injuries, they reared their ugly head. Of course, the shoulder procedure that he had last offseason keeping him out of OTAs and then of course he dealt with an injury all throughout the rest of the season tried to come back really wasn't ready to come back I don't think at least it didn't look to me like he was so excited to see Randy Gregory but I think he really needs to be that guy that okay when you and other media members are out at practices we need to be hearing reports that what you just said Randy Gregory looks really good out there. Randy Gregory is is showing some explosiveness. He's showing off the length. He's showing off the quickness around the edge. Like we need to hear those good reports all offseason. Yeah. And look, I, I I to your point, the Broncos invested a lot in Randy Gregory. I've had the chance to talk to Randy over the course of last season. And it, like I said, one of the best personalities on the entire football team, he and Jerry Judy, though those guys make it fun to be in the locker room, to hear some of the conversations, see how these guys interact with each other. 
he's kind of at the forefront of that. But seeing him on the field last Thursday, I will tell you this, just watching him. So when I'm looking at a pass rusher, what am I looking for, right? Obviously watching him during individual drills, they're going through position-specific technique aiming points. But when they get into the team period, what am I looking for? Am I look okay, I'm looking for stance. You know, okay, it, it, where's his alignment? You know, what does his alignment dictate based on what he's going to do there? On top of that, is he disciplined? Does he jump off sides? No, he didn't do any of that. He watches the ball and his first step, that's another thing, first step was on par. It was. It looked pretty impressive. Granted, it was the first day of practice we were able to see. We weren't sure what maybe Wednesday or Tuesday's practice of last week looked like because we only had access to Thursdays as we will this week. So for me, from what I saw, Randy Gregory looks crisp. He looks good. He looks healthy, which is the most important factor here for the Broncos. And Sarah, you're spot on 110%. Denver needs to see a full season out of Randy Gregory this upcoming year. Our hope is that he can stay healthy. I know him for him personally, I've spoken to him. His hope is that he can remain healthy too. I mean, it was just a freak thing that happened against the Raiders. He, he went to make a pass rush move. His knee planted, his leg planted in the ground, and then his knee popped. And, and luckily, it was just a meniscus, but it took some time. And then Denver at that point, you know, he made his return week 15 against the Cardinals. And then after that, you know, the, the Christmas Day game, Denver decided, you know what? It's not worth any of our guys getting hurt because we're going to make widespread changes. That's exactly what they did. They shut him down for the final two regular season games, even though he could have played. The team decided to shut him down. So I think it's important to put that out there for everybody in Broncos country. It is a big year ahead for Randy Gregory, and they're hoping that he can really turn it on for them, especially after they got rid of Bradley Chubb. He needs to be the premier pass rusher on this team. But Sarah, let's get to number two, the second player that Broncos country needs to keep their eye on. And that is one of their key offseason acquisitions, and that is Zach Allen, replacing Draymond Jones. And, And Sarah, I'll tell you this, looking at Zach Allen, the dude, he is a monster on the field in terms of how he moves. He's big, he's strong, he's physical, but he's also very fast and can maneuver. I mean, athletic, we talk about as, as a defensive lineman, defensive end, when you're striking an offensive lineman and let's say there's a stretch play or a run play, and you have to step wide, his lateral movement is pretty damn impressive. We saw the motor on display on film when watching him last year. He's a guy that Broncos country needs to watch. And look, not just because of the cliche, he was the offseason signing, but He's a guy that's moving really well and looking really good in OTAs right now. Well, we had talked about this way long ago when obviously, you know, Von Miller got DeMarcus Ware in the building to really mentor him, right? And how impactful that was for Von Miller's career as an NFL player. How about Zach Allen getting J.J. Watt in the building there at Arizona for the last couple of years of his time there? Of course, we know he was part of the first draft class where Vance Joseph was defensive coordinator in Arizona. So that connection, now that Vance is back in Denver, is meaningful as well but i think having jj watt there to really help take his game to the next level to teach him these nuances of being what does it take to be an all pro what does it take to be a big money contract kind of guy i think that was huge for zach allen and the pressure is on with draymond jones leaving a lot of broncos fans us included wanted to see draymond jones come back but zach allen coming in was probably the best alternative when you look at the available options in free agency that were realistic for the broncos you get zach allen he's coming in i think he brings a different type of player at that position although the production could end up being pretty similar cody i think he, the all eyes are on him as well for as far as hey you're replacing maybe the the guy who was our best defensive player last year outside of Pat Sertan, maybe Justin Simmons. Draymond Jones, certainly one of the top three defensive players on the Broncos roster last year. So big shoes to fill for Zach Allen there. And I think that's why we have all eyes on these two players specifically. Big, big holes on this Denver Broncos defensive front. 
100% too. And I think another question, maybe like a question mark to look at as well. We'll talk about this in, in future episodes of the show, but opposite of Zach Allen, who do you, I mean, who's going to step up? Who's going to be the guy? There's a multitude of names that are rotating in and out at OTAs, but more importantly, you want to find somebody in the preseason that you're like, okay, hey, this guy, he is a solidified starter. There are some question marks at defensive end, but Zach Allen so far, he looks the part in terms of the way that he moves, the way that he's out there performing in practice, and also the familiarity he already has with Vance Joseph. I mean, when he came to the NFL, Vance Joseph was his defensive coordinator. He's been with Vance his entire career, knows how Vance wants things done on the defensive line. And look, he gets to work with a very good defensive line coach in Marcus Dixon. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out. But yes, Broncos country, Zach Allen is somebody you need to keep your eyes on all throughout OTAs. I'll provide updates as well when I attend practice. At Cody Rourke NFL on Twitter, you'll get coverage and recap here. Locked on Broncos as well over there, milehighsports.com. Sarah will update you as well, predominantly orange.com. But Broncos country, we're going to get the players three and four on today's episode of the show in terms of defensive players that Broncos country needs to keep their eye on. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Bill Bar. And as you all know, it's the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The bars are covered in 100% milk chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. You can do a little hack by putting them in the fridge or the freezer for an hour if you want a little bit of a crunchier bite, or you can microwave them for 10 seconds if you like gooey chocolate. It is fantastic. And, and the thing I love about Bill Bar, and Sarah can attest to this as well, they taste legitimately like a candy bar. Whatever flavor you get, whether that's churro puff, brownie puff, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, they have a wide variety of flavors you could check out today at built.com but if you want to go and get your hands on a box locally go to your local walmart or sam's club when you go to walmart go to the pharmacy section you'll get a box of four built bars there or if you want to go to sam's club go and buy a bulk box of 13 built bars here today they're jam-packed with 17 grams of protein 130 calories and they are low in sugar so check it out today built.com as we continue to talk about players, you need to keep your eyes on on the defensive side of the ball for the Denver Broncos at OTAs. One player, Cody, he's changing numbers. He's changing jersey numbers, but he might be rising up in terms of his role in the defense. I want to talk about Jonathan Cooper here for a second because he's entering year three. He's kind of been playing a prominent role since he got to the team. A seventh round pick who really showed out in the preseason of his rookie year. Now Jonathan Cooper entering his third NFL season, could he be the top reserve edge the Denver Broncos have on their roster? What did you see from him now rocking that zero on the jersey instead of the 53 that we become used to? Cooper's returning to the number he wore at Ohio State or one of them that he wore at Ohio State. Excited to see if that kind of boosts his confidence out there on the field to see, hey, can he maybe take 50 or more percent of the snaps this coming season? I think that's the the aiming point, right? I think that the expectations for a guy like Jonathan Cooper are significantly high. Look, it, as Sean Payton has alluded to in the past, it's not about where you went. We know that Jonathan Cooper went later in round seven because of the concerns around a medical issue that he had fixed with his heart. And, and luckily, he is he's good. He's good to go. And he stepped up and he played a pretty big role for the Broncos defensively last season in a rotational role. And look, you know. The Seattle game, he came out and he's just playing with a high motor. Unfortunately, you know, he got a penalty just because the emotions were high in that game. But aside from that, you can definitely make the argument. He was one of their better pass rushers from, you know, a technique standpoint, from a production standpoint in terms of against the run, not letting anything get outside of him. Very good discipline in terms of edge contain. And you want to have a guy like, look, in today's NFL, you and I've talked about this and, and we've, 
I, I think the mindset for the NFL defensively at least has shifted. Remember the days back when the 4-3 defense was, you know, the primary around the NFL and you could have single high safeties because you had really good man cover corners. That's kind of gone away from the NFL. So now it's transitioned to where you need multiple guys who can rush the quarterback and play against the run. And I think Jonathan Cooper, I think you can make a very solid argument, Sarah, that he's probably one of their best edge defenders against the run. And also he is a guy that has a high motor that does create pressure and penetration in pass rush situations. And look, maybe he's not the starter right now because the optics are they want Randy Gregory, Baron Brown to be the guy. Jonathan Cooper, I feel like if he can stay healthy, I know he dealt with an injury coming into training camp last season. If he can stay healthy, Sarah, he's going to be a guy that's going to play a lot of snaps defensively on this defense in 2023. And I think it's important that Agent Zero, you know, continues to make an impact and continues to rise, right? What For a guy who's drafted in round seven, you come in and, you know, okay, what does your rookie season look like? He was very impressive as a rookie. Second year, pretty impressive, all circumstances considered, you know, and then all of a sudden, year three, what are the expectations? You want to see that continued trajectory upward. And I think Jonathan Cooper has all the tools to be able to do just that. I think he does too. I mean, going back to prior even to his rookie season when he was at the senior bowl, got the chance to see him do some great things on the edge that you're like, wow, this guy's not just a twitchy speed guy off the edge. Like he can really set the edge. He's got great upper body strength. I believe Cody he had 25 bench press reps coming into that or coming out of that combine in 2021. So a guy coming off the edge who can throw up 225 pounds 25 times, he can set the edge. He's physically very strong and he is fast. He is quick. He is smart. He's instinctive. He plays really hard. You have a guy like that coming off the edge. I think he's going to make it tough to keep him off the field. I really do. He has 14 quarterback hits in his first two NFL seasons. Four and a half total sacks. So the production is not necessarily like you're not your mind's not blown by that. But at the same time, keeping in mind that he's a rotational guy, he's a guy who plays, you know, he, there was a lot of guys who came off the edge for the Denver Broncos last season. So for him to put together production when he's been on the field, it's been impressive to see. And I think his highs, Cody, the moments where we've seen Jonathan Cooper at his best for consistent stretches of time, if you could get that guy for a period of you know 14 to 17 games, I think you're talking about a Pro Bowl caliber player there. So it's now just going to be about getting consistency out of him, not just having those flashes, but really having that, keeping that high level of play. Every time you get out there on the field, they're like, man, we, we can't take Jonathan Cooper off. So we'll see how he does now that Agent Zero is back. Well, here's even another wrinkle maybe we can look forward to. I think there's also a chance he could even play defensive end for Denver, right? Opposite of Zach Allen. I mean, if Denver really wants that combination, they could they could even move Randy Gregory to defensive end in certain packages, have Cooper and Browning on the outside. Denver has all the tools here and all the players, I think, right now to be very, very creative with their defensive scheme. That just popped into my head, and hopefully we do see that this upcoming season. But let's get to another player as well here. Number four in terms of the Five players on the defensive side of the ball Broncos country needs to pay attention to. He's back. Hayden Stern, Sarah. I know that there was some talk in the offseason about what's the timeline like with his hip. We, he had hip, reconstructive hip surgery after week five last season against the Indianapolis Colts that shut him down for the year. His rehab has been going really well. I'll tell you this. From what I observed last week at OTAs, Hayden looks like he bulked up muscle-wise but he still moves pretty damn athletic. So I don't think he lost any of his athleticism, which I think usually if you're coming off reconstructive hip surgery, I think maybe one of the bigger questions that people have is 
how is your fluidity, right? Because so much about being a defensive back and a safety, it's that back pedal. It's being able to flip and turn your hips and run and, and be able to go make a play, you know, in the deep post, whatever it may be, or cover deep or come up. It's being able to plant your foot. And so far from what I have observed during practice, it doesn't seem like he's been limited in any facet whatsoever. So that is very, very good news. And that, yes, we know Kareem Jackson is back for the Broncos, which to me, I think makes things intriguing. Denver can also be creative with how they use these safeties. You know, I know you and I have talked about Justin and Caden. You really want to see what Caden Stearns can bring as a starter. We've seen great body of works from him in a small sample size. You want to see it with the full sample size now. But I'll tell you this, Caden Stearns, he looks a little, he looks bulkier in terms of upper body, you know, shoulders, arms, but still moves like a lightning bolt. One of those guys that I think everybody is eager to get to see working with that starting defense as we roll through OTAs into training camp into preseason. Look, Kareem Jackson kind of came out and said it, didn't he? That he doesn't necessarily see himself taking a, a diminished role. Like he's gonna yeah. go out, he, he's gonna make Caden Stearns earn that job if that's what the Broncos in fact want to do. And I think that's the exact right move for this coaching staff to take. Don't give anything to anybody necessarily. But just like we talked about with other position groups, make Caden Stearns go out there and beat Kareem Jackson for his job. Just like we talk about these undrafted players. Okay, you bring in a defensive lineman like Tyler Lancaster. That move doesn't really make a ton of headlines, but it does for somebody like P.J. Mustafer or these undrafted, these younger guys on the D-line because it's like, hey, you want to beat a guy who's played almost 60 career NFL games, you got to go out there and outperform that guy. The same is true of Kareem Jackson in the defensive backfield with Caden Stearns. You want to out-snap Kareem Jackson on this defense? You're going to have to go out every single day in practice and prove that you are able to do exactly that. And so I'm very much looking forward to seeing Caden Stearns and Kareem Jackson competing this offseason. And of course, Got to throw P.J. Locke into that mix as well. But Caden Stearns seems to be the guy that I feel like right now, Cody, everybody in Broncos country is kind of anticipating being one of those potential breakout players on defense. And that's why we have our eyes on him here at OTAs. 100%. And, and there's going to be some training camp competitions. Once we get closer to camp, I mean, we're still a little bit of ways away, Broncos country. We'll have complete previews of every position, every storyline, every position battle that we expect to see at training camp. We'll dive deep into that in future episodes, Locked on Broncos. But there is healthy competition along the way in that safety room. These guys are all supportive of one another, even though that some guys are competing for a roster spot. And I think that's the ultimate thing is when you have a room like that, tight-knit, led by guys like Kareem, like Justin Simmons, the leadership that those guys have. And now, look, veterans now, P.J. Locke, Caden Stearns, they're veterans in the NFL now in terms of designation. So they, I think there's a mutual respect and an understanding. They're like, hey, you know, we, we love each other. But yeah, we got to compete because, you know, this is my career. This is your career. And, you know, you don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. But competition is like, hey, you know, I'm trying to play. And I always think it's a good thing to be able to see that because you're going to see the best out of these guys come training camp, come preseason. We're excited for it. But Broncos country, we're going to continue this conversation on five defensive players that you need to keep your eye on all throughout OTAs. The Broncos had an undrafted gem at cornerback at one point in time. Could they have another one on their hands? We'll dive deeper down today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, let me tell you about the Locked On Nuggets podcast. The Denver Nuggets are headed to the NBA Finals with Game 1 expected to start on Thursday. Adam Matas and Matt Moore have you covered with all the pick-and-roll action of your Denver Nuggets, led by Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. They do a great job previewing what makes this Nuggets team operate so well and get a little bit of deep dive into their opponent for the NBA Finals. Check it out, Locked On Nuggets, wherever you get your podcasts or 
on YouTube. Could the Denver Broncos have another potential undrafted gem at the cornerback position going into the season? And is he somebody that Broncos fans need to pay attention to during OTAs? Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. Also, shout out to all the everydayers out there who listen. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen or to watch us break down all things Denver Broncos every single day, all year long. Thank you so much, Broncos country. Sarah. Let's open up this can of worms right here. We always like to take a look at some of the stories, right? Denver has been known in the last, I don't know, however, a handful of years to find some really good undrafted gem players. And there's a player I think we all have our eyes on, specifically a cornerback, right? Because when we talk about the cornerback position, players to watch, like the most obvious names would be obviously Riley Moss, Patrick Sertan, Damari Mathis. You know, we understand them. those guys are, are you know must watch regardless but it's the names that maybe aren't being talked about that you need to keep an eye on that could make some waves during the offseason. And that is undrafted rookie free agent cornerback Art Green out of Houston. And I'll tell you this, Sarah, the one thing I like about him, he's got good size. He's got bulk and muscle and he's fast as hell. He can come up and play against the run, though, here in practice. You can't tackle. There is no contact. So we have to wait and see a little bit deeper in a training camp for some of that stuff to happen and also the preseason. But he is a player to watch for the Broncos simply because of his intangibles. And I also think it's worth noting, he has one of the highest regarded position coaches right now in the NFL and Christian Parker, who is in the NFL acceleration program in terms of maybe having a chance to accelerate his career for being a position coach, the D coordinator, and is identified by the NFL and by a lot of people as a potential future head coach in the National Football League. So he's got to soak up all that he can as long as the Broncos have Christian Parker, which is hopefully for a long time. Cody, and we can discuss that on another podcast, whether or not maybe Christian Parker after this year, does he become the D coordinator of the Broncos? That's a fun topic to potentially discuss. But for Art Green, look, we've talked about a couple of starters on the defense, Randy Gregory, Zach Allen. We talked about a couple guys that could factor into the starting lineup or top rotational guys like Jonathan Cooper, Hayden Stearns. But how about a guy here like Art Green who could round out your 53-man roster, right? When you're talking about who's the best 53 out of this 90-man roster, this is a guy who got a really big bonus, a really big guarantee on his salary for an undrafted guy to come in and potentially be exactly that, to be one of the best 53 on the roster. And what does he have to do in order to seize that opportunity? He's got to go out there. He's got to play special teams. He's got to make sure he's not having mental lapses out there on the field. He's got to go out there and show that his length and, and you know, athleticism translates to making plays on the ball every single day in practice. I'm excited for Art Green, Cody, because not only does he sound like a guy who was, you know, teleported here from the 1970s NFL, but I think also when you look at just his size profile, athletic makeup, this is the type of player that I think you can really have good depth with in the NFL, somebody who can just beeline down the field on special teams and coverage units. This is the ideal backup cornerback to have and developmental potential future contributor for your defense. I know you like Art Green as well, Cody. I'm sure Loki, your your cat, likes Art Green as well. But give me your thoughts on him and what you're looking forward to maybe seeing from him at OTAs. Yeah, you know, I think a, a lot of it is when you're out there it, getting reps at corner. I think the most important thing is, okay, where's your alignment at? You know, do you know your assignment? And then can you execute that? And I think for a guy like Art Green, the way that the Broncos play things, I can't go into details about how their defense is aligning because it'll give stuff away. I'm not allowed to say that. But based on that, 
I mean, he is technically sound. He's very refined in that. You know, I think one thing I did notice last week for the entire Broncos secondary from corners to safeties to guys in the nickel was the fact that their communication seemed to be really on par last week. And you're limited in so much that you can do. Now, during team period, yeah, it's competitive. You're trying to make plays on the football. You know, sometimes you're going to allow a play to happen. But overall for Art Green, I think his size, his ability to move, to open up his hips and run vertical, I think is super, super important on deep breaking routes. And I'd also say as well, you know, when there is a situation, let's say where, you know, there's a short route thrown, he rallies to it, takes good angles. And what we always talk about in terms of cornerbacks, if you're on the outside and you have a a guy who's running vertically at you, he catches the ball, let's say in the flat and whatnot, and tries to make a move as a tackler, your aiming point is to always get the hip, you know, hip in. You want to attack the outside hip in because you have help coming on the inside and he does a really good job of that. So it's early on in OTAs. It's early on in practice. Can it carry over into this upcoming week here in OTAs? Can it carry over at mandatory minicamp on June 13th through the 15th? And then when you have that month period, can you take everything that you've been learning from the playbook standpoint? And then when the pads come on, when training camp arrives, can you convert it? And then now you have preseason. You're going to go against other guys other than your own teammates. How do you perform when the lights are bright? To me, I think these are the things I'm looking forward to seeing specifically with a guy like Art Green and other players that we've talked about here. But more importantly, for these guys who are undrafted, this is their path to an NFL roster. They have to take advantage of it. And these are the things I've noticed so far with Art Green that I like. And I had a chance during rookie minicamp to kind of go and introduce myself to him. Very well-spoken, you know, highly, you know, high manners there, really good manners, but just also a guy you can tell understands the game of football at a very, very high level when talking about cornerback play, when talking about receivers, formations, splits, and different route combinations, how he plans to attack them, whether he's comfortable in man or zone coverage. These are things I've gotten to know about him. I'm excited to see it carry over throughout further phases of this offseason program that the Denver Broncos will be participating in. And look, Broncos country, Sarah and I, we're always eager for your thoughts. We like to do deep dive analysis on all these players, so we're not just going to get straight into it in a sense of saying, okay, this is number one, two, three, four, and five. We like to talk about one, two, three, four, and five. And we like to tell you why you need to pay attention to them. You get a lot of the meat and the details here on Lockdown Broncos. But thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much for making us a part of your everyday experience. Sarah and I will be back tomorrow for a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos. Looking at some other storylines going on here at OTAs. You can expect all that and much more on tomorrow's brand new episode of the show.